0: All right, what's going on? You're listening to or watching Breaking Free Speech, the Breaking Free Skate Park podcast. And we, today we're going to talk about more than just the skate park. This episode is going to be tailored to the video viewer. So if you're listening to this, I'll do my best to describe what's going on. But I would recommend you sit down and watch this one on YouTube. We're gonna take a trip down memory lane here. This is an episode I've wanted to do for a while. This is ultimately going to be a two-part series about the history of Breaking Free. I've wanted to do this for a long time. If you go back to our first ever YouTube video, I say eventually we're gonna cover the whole history. That was in the vlog format, now we're in the podcast format, so it's a little bit different. But I'm going to go ahead and switch my screen here, and we're going to gonna go over the whole history of Breaking Free. This took me a little time to put together. Today we're going to uh, go through basically 2001 to 2011, essentially the first 10 years of Breaking Free. So uh, pull up a chair, and let's just take a nice little stroll down memory lane. This is going to be a very BMX-centric podcast because that is my background. Although I have skateboarded for as long as I've rode BMX, it just wasn't my primary focus. And I have... I think I have, like, one clip of me doing a board slide to fakie maybe in 2007, maybe? Somewhere I could find that clip. I don't know where it is. But here we go. This is uh, uh, a, a... a verbal history of breaking free. I'm gonna have a sip of tea here. I'm having Earl Grey today. So, I started riding BMX around 2000. I always rode bikes. I jumps in my yard, little you know, kickers, like. But that's not really BMX. I met this kid in seventh or eighth grade. Named Tom Molyneux. His name is going to come up a bunch in this podcast. I hope Tom listens to this and hope he feels flattered. So I always, you know, I jumped my bike in my yard or whatever. I didn't really know BMX existed. Or I'm in math class and there's this kid. And I, I knew he kind of rode bikes, but I didn't really have a a real firm perspective of what that meant you know and and you'll see this happen with kids that come to the skate park like they think they they ride or scooter or something and then they come here and like their their brain is exploded because they're like whoa there's a whole world here i didn't know existed right so anyway, i'm in math class and i look over and tom's got a magazine uh presumably ride bmx because it's that's the one the oldest one has been around forever and i was like what the heck is that and that was my first little, little taste of BMX. So then I had like I had a little bit of an inkling that there was more to it than just like a jump in your yard. Right now what you're looking on the screen is my first BMX bike. This is a 2002 Harrow Shredder because the way model years go, it was you know, it was a 2001 bike, but they go always one year off like cars for some reason. And I didn't have this red one. I had the black one up in the corner. Look at that thing. I'll point out two things. One, the bars are tiny. Dropouts are huge. It's just a big beefy bike and it's left-hand drive. So I always had left-hand drive. This bike was in like the Dave Mira line of, of Harrow's and he rode left-hand so all his bikes had left-hand drive. So that is the bike. I had the black one up there in, in the, um, the smaller image, but that was it. Looking at the specs on the bike, like you see down here, the bike was 37.7 pounds and that's totally a lie it was definitely heavier than that that's just what the manufacturer said it was a tank all these bikes were tanks back in the day they're all so heavy for perspective now bmx bikes are like 25 pounds 26 pounds it's 10 extra pounds and going back to the image like the dropouts are huge It had four pegs all the pegs of these anti-roll washers but one of the big things uh in here is that is a solid steel three piece crank that arm is solid the cranks were so heavy it's absurd absolutely absurd so that was my first bike moving on it was when i was a freshman in high school i was riding this bike a little dirt jump in my yard or whatever i was kind of getting a little bit more into it i would talk to tom occasionally but i was more into like the uh, how would you say it Kids, they call it today. They call it. They call it emo. I would, I called it like mall metal. You know, I used to go to the mall on Friday nights. I had the big baggy pants and like the hoodie with all the band patches on it. Some bands I didn't even listen to. Cause I was just trying to like look cool, you know. Just really hot topic, you know. And my friends kind of sucked because everyone sucks. <laughs> and as a as an experiment, I thought my friends didn't respect me. I didn't think they were really good friends. I said, you know what? For a week, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to talk to my friends and I'm going to see if they actually care enough about me to, you know, reach out. So for that week, I hung out with Tom instead, Tom Molyneux. And he lived like a street over for where all the rest of my friends lived and hung out. And I know he had a quarter pipe in his driveway. So that weekend I went over to his house and we rode his his little four foot quarter pipe. My first experience on ramps. And, uh, And that was kind of it. I was like, dude, bikes are sick. BMX is sick. Tom was really cool. He was much better at riding than I was because obviously he had already rode. And my friends kind of didn't really reach out to me. So at that point, I kind of abandoned the friends who weren't turned out to not actually be my friends. Kept around the ones that were. And from that point on, I was really, really hooked on BMX. I had to drop the, the baggy Janko jeans because you can't really ride BMX with that. And then basically that's where I was. I was riding my you know, bike all the time, you know, trying to get the magazines. I didn't have the internet growing up, so I I couldn't watch videos. There wasn't really videos anyway, but there was no website I could look at. So when I go to Tom's house, essentially, I would sit next to him at his computer as we would, like, go over, look at BMX content on the web, what little amount of BMX content was on the web in the early 2000s and and the magazines. And then he had VHSs. I'd, like, stay at his house, (laughs) little, little teenage Dave and Tom, having sleepovers, watching BMX VHS tapes. It was a good time. So at this point, we're talking, we're in around 2002 through 2004. Tom was working on his own video. It was called Jersey Bound. That I texted him. He didn't text me back this morning, but my presumption is it came out in probably 2004 would be my guess. And I had like, I think I had like a clip of me in it, not even riding my bike. Cause I was so, I was so new. I couldn't do any tricks. There's nothing I could really be, do. So like, I'd go out with them and hang out with them and him and his buddies at road. They were dudes from my town, Joe Camprelli, uh, Paul Byrne. A lot of people I probably can't remember cause the video's gone. You know, videos that came out that long ago are, are unlikely to be on the web anymore. A lot of the, like you, you guys don't realize that like that now you have YouTube and YouTube's been around for so long, but you know, prior to this, there wasn't anything. And that'll tie into the next video. Tom's second video, this is again Tom Molyneux making this video. This came out in 2006-ish, was hosted on Google Video. Before YouTube, before, uh, yeah, Google bought YouTube and integrated it, this video was hosted on Google Video and then when the, when the, it integrated, it just disappeared from the web and for years this, this DVD was lost. And this is the first video I had a full section in. Before we go into actually looking at this video a little bit, I'm going to give a little more context. So I first really started working around bikes. Out of high school, I was building bikes at Toys R Us, among other jobs. I mean, other things I did. Then I worked at Freehold Bicycles in New Jersey, which ironically was the same store I got my first BMX bike from. This guy, Jack Melissa, owned it he's a f- friend of my father's so it was a kind of nice step where i got my first bmx bike i ultimately ended up working there i worked there for one summer um and then got laid off because for of of how bike shops go and then eventually started working at planet bike and i'll talk a little bit more about planet bike later but it Just for more context for you, I worked a lot of jobs. I started working when I was like 13 and like, you know, I worked at a, there was a a racetrack in my town, drag strip, and I did like motocross flagging. I did, um, hospitality. I worked at an oil change for like two years. I worked at a supermarket for a summer. I've always, I always worked, right? So anyway. This is our first. I'm gonna. We're gonna turn this on. This is the first video. This is produced by Tom. This is called Gutter Rats Pull the Trigger. Uh, I'm gonna link this in the uh, in the uh, the description here, so you can go and you can actually watch all these videos. There's a lot of. This is how BMX videos used to be. There's like kind of funky stuff in the in the intro. or breaking the rail. Eric is someone who's who, who will be throughout the breaking free history he was in the same town as us he'll be he was in all in this video and in all of my videos later uh this video ended up having my first first section of riding at full section i ever had uh we we'll to watch some of that real quick so this is actually the first handrail i ever did it was on film pretty proud of that this is actually my my high school i went to that was manalapin high school in new jersey That's Woodbridge Skate Park. That's gone now. This is like the only spot in my town, this ledge spot. There's good stuff here. Um, This is downtown Philly. I don't know if this spot existed too. We used to ride Philadelphia a lot, a lot, a lot. This is also Philly. And this is, uh, we're talking... (sighs) Yeah, this is 2006. So all this footage is probably 2005, 2006. I could be wrong, maybe it's 2007. I'm not not quite sure. Um, I wanted to show this clip, so I, I posted this on Instagram earlier. This spot in Trenton, and here, hold this one. Boom, bar spins. Did that bar spin when I was in high school? I still, to this day, I can't really bar spin. But that's uh, that's pretty much the video. Let's see. I'll just go to the Ender real quick because I think the Ender was pretty sweet. 316 spines for me. There's another bar spin. That one was pretty sketchy. That's Incline Club for some of you guys. You know that spot. is gone now. That was kind of progressive. The toothpick hanger grind back in the day. No one, no one did those. That's in uh, I think South, South Carolina, maybe. That curve wall ride is actually at my dentist. Funny. That'll come full circle. We'll talk about my dentist later, too. A little, uh, Washington, D.C. there. So the the background of this video is a lot of the footage came from one trip. One long trip. We did, and I did versions of this trip over and over and over again through my video productions. But you know, we were just out of high school, we were kids. I think we might have even still been in high school. Tom had a car and we did like Philly, dc baltimore richmond raleigh and atlanta all all these towns it's crazy loaded up the car we slept in in a four-door chevy lumina and we just rode all these cities we didn't know anyone and we just filmed this video and, and that was it you know that, that's that's what we did it was awesome Look, how about that there's a extremes one clip in this in this video from 15 years ago, it's crazy. Another Rochester clip. That's actually where Top's rail is. At this point, Tom and I, we had a little bit of a falling out. Some things happened, and then that's kind of when I stepped up to do my video, right? So at this point, like I said, I started working at the bike shop. So I was I was working in the bike industry. We're kinda of getting a little more involved with stuff and I was like, you know what, let's make a video. And this is, this is when, I'm gonna play this in the background here. This is, a, so my first video was Breaking Free GR2 and GR2 meant Gutter Rats 2 because the first video that we were talking about earlier that Tom produced was called uh, Gutter Rats Pull the Trigger. So it was kinda of like an homage, kinda of like tying the two videos together so you had Gutter Rats, Gutter Rats 2 produced by different people. And, uh, yeah, so we filmed this in 2008 and 2009, and it was released in the winter, uh, 2009, 2010 winter. So it was technically released in 2010, but, you know, this depends you know, on the date, whatever. And this was some of the same people. It was me, it was Irk, who I mentioned earlier. This is when my buddy Pat Quinn came aboard. Uh, I met Brett Taco in New Brunswick. His name sounds familiar to you it's because his brother Daryl rode for Kink. His roommate was Sean Harrison, who was in that video. So he's in this. He was in this video as well. Uh, this guy John sick He worked to plan a bike with me, and then a couple of kids, a couple of cats we met in uh, Central Jersey around around the shore towns: Paglus, Scott, Paste, uh, Manzo. And uh, we did a bunch of similar trips. We filmed for two years. We made this video called CR2. And uh, at this point, all my video work was, it's kind of, there's a little bit of an artistic meta aspect to it, where there's a lot of inside jokes. Oh, that was sick. It's Jake Hamlin. There's a lot of like clips that are inside jokes and inside references and and, and stuff that, you know, us and our crew that did it, would, would see this little like B roll shot and be like, oh man, that was like this time. And you know, so there's, Everything has a reason. I guess what I'm trying to say. So that came out in, do uh, say 2010? I want to watch a couple of clips here. This is the most, one of the most famous clips from this video. This, that's Paglis just dying on a rail. It's so good. Oh man, that's gonna be snatching my nuts. Just. This is so we had such a crazy release party when this video came out. It was just absurd. There's just spots all over the East Coast here. At the Pat Quinn. I'll talk more about Pat Quinn in a minute. But this is this is breaking free. This is the first product under the Breaking Free name. 2010. Well, I'm gonna show you a couple of clips from my section. This is a. Uh, Look back in uh, Washington D.C. and look at this Rochester clip. This is the old Legal Wall spot, which is ironically like a block from the skate park, a block from where I live these days, and I filmed this clip here, you know, forever ago. And uh, it's pretty be sick because I do a crank arm grind there, and that was years before people were really doing crank arm grinds. That was the local skate park, Saraville. Uh, I want to look at this. This is Erk. Erk had the Ender section in this video. Again, Erk is name will come up in here a lot. So I just wanted to watch a couple of his last clip, clips. And again, all I'm gonna link all these in the description. So like, I, I really recommend you go through and watch some of these videos. because We put so much work into that and it was it's really a piece of the whole Breaking Through Legacy. Erk was, was the loose cannon. He was a madman. Just jumping big stuff. Very... It contrasted my riding and and Pat's riding a lot because that was the core of me, Pat, Just so good. And speaking of Pat, I think I'm gonna go through and watch Pat's whole section here because this, in my opinion, it was the best section of the video. It was my favorite section. Pat is a, a fantastic rider. He was really like progressive in this day, like, and this might not look, if you're a BMX guy and you're watching this, this might not look groundbreaking now because BMX trended this direction of like technical grinds. But at this point, it wasn't as big. And like Pat Quinn really was on the forefront of this style of riding. And it really influenced my riding. And we would try to like do tricks that no one did before and, and, and whatnot. And even in, uh, in my first DVD, there's my last up here, with was a 180 Smith five cam out. And uh, at that point in time, I I don't know of anyone else that ever did that trick. And because of how crazy BMX is, I'm sure someone had. But to my knowledge and everyone I've asked, I very well may have been the first BMX rider to do 180 Smith 5 cap out. Maybe, maybe not. I'll call it as a claim to fame. But that was really inspired by by Pat Quinn's riding. And the reason this part was so good is I... I knew what song we were editing to, and every time I was filming, I was like, I had a song playing in my head. Playing in my head. And like, the editing is not amazing because it's like, the first thing I edited was a full DVD. So, like, I was figuring out as I was going along. Dude, hey, look at that. Switch Smith, Switch Hard. That's ridiculous. 180 Smith, 270 Smith, 180 thing. Like, sick. And as you're watching this, you know, you you can see Pat is not the fastest rider in the world. And I really took it upon myself to make sure the way I was filming this, the way I was swinging the cameras, the way I was swooping around, to to, to make his riding seem faster, right? That's what a good film does. right? And there's certain things you do where, like, at the point in the clip where the rider may be at the slowest is when you're panning the clip. And then you stop moving as they ride away. There's all these little things you can do with camera motion that make a rider look like they're going faster. Dude, that was a nice little cut with the music there. Like, like I said, I spent a lot of time on this video section. And I was I was so pumped to edit this, and I really wanted to make this look ice to Smith the 180. And like you can remember, this is this is 2009. Like, and, like, Pat's a little bit of, um... Hating how they uh, eccentric. I, mean, I mean, in a good way. Like, it was like, oh, I'm gonna do this clip and that clip, and I'm not gonna repeat grind combos, so, like, there are all these different tricks, and, like, I'm not gonna double dip on anything. And, I, and you see, he's, he's... a big guy, too. And he's got a lot of finesse for a big guy. His little Rochester. Smith to, uh... Crook to, uh, Smith Smith. Lucky 180. Backwards feeble easy one eighty forward Smith. That's unbelievable. Forward feeble easy one eighty backwards switch feeble hard one eighty. I think I had that backwards, dude. Big guy doing backwards rails, like, dude. Hard one eighty out to boot. So good, just so good. And here we go. Backwards Smith. Backwards. Sp- Sorry, I said it back. I said it wrong. Backwards feeble. Backwards Smith. One eighty. Smith. One eighty. Epic. Uh, years later um, Alex Kennedy in a cult video did that same trick albeit faster and everyone's like holy crap that's crazy he's the first one to do it and I was like no no Pat Quinn did that first I was there probably should have the video playing while I was talking but whatever so that's that was GR2 that was my first video just memories. So we were young. We were just crashing places on the weekend, just filming, and it was just... It was sick. After that, we had one video, which was the Breaking Free... Oh, yeah, Breaking Free slash PBBMX Spring Break Road Trip. So this would be in... The, this, is, this video was made over Spring Break. This was... Sorry, this was the longest road trip we ever did, filming trip. And PB BMX was essentially a rebranding of Planet Bike. Ultimately, I worked at Planet Bike for seven years. And during my tenure there, I rebranded the BMX side of the shop as PB BMX. We had our own logo, our own stickers. not saying it was a good logo, (laughs) but we did it. So at this point, this is when we're starting to get to the point where I was getting the green light at the shop to have a team. Yeah, I already had the green light. We had a blog. We had, you know, I had I said shirts, stickers, events. We how had did this, and I'm I'm really working up to the point where I could run a BMX team out of the bike shop. And this video was kind of the first one that I kind of showed the owner and everyone that like, hey, look, I could do this thing. So we're gonna, I'm gonna watch some of this. These are gonna be some of the. This is gonna be the ending of this video, and this trip was very similar to the trip I described in the first video that Tom Molling made. We did, you know, Philly, D.C., Richmond, Raleigh, and but this one we went all the way down to Florida and we actually, like, got to ride with Tom down there. Tom and I had reconciled some of our issues. Uh, these clips are all in Raleigh, which is awesome. The street spots are awesome. This campus is loaded with spots. Tons of plastic benches. I love Raleigh. I was either going to move to Raleigh or I was going to move to Rochester and I moved to Rochester is what it is. This is one of my favorite clips I've ever filmed. Well, not to flinch it. So I'm going to so flip it in a second. What a, what a sick spot, right? That's like one of those six spots that only um, you can be an exit, but you basically can't skateboard it or do anything else on it. But that was a good time. Uh, this is on my Vimeo page. A lot of the other stuff is on, is on YouTube. if You guys remember Vimeo. It's Vimeo. So that was just one trip. I was driving, my van, we had see this clip? Dave, Pat, Erk, Scott, Sean, Paglis. Those people were all in my van. All of us. In that one van, driving all the way down the East Coast. What a party. So that was that edit. Moving along. We're going to breaking free PBBMX summer edit 2010. So, I'm gonna let some of this play out and I'm gonna explain what we did here. So, at this point, I officially had a team through PBBMX. So, we were doing events, we had a team. I was getting parts from bike companies and distributing those to the guys on my team. And uh, so, what we did, this is a, I, I really like this project. So what, what we did is we filmed all summer as if everyone was going to have their own section in these videos. But instead of putting out a full DVD of sections, because this is this is when BMX is starting to transition from DVDs to to web content, right? This is when the come up was getting really big. And the is like it was about shorter content on the web. This is still way before Instagram, though. So the plan was We're going to film all the stuff enough to make a full video, but instead of making a full DVD, we're going to make one, you know, like six minute section that's all the best of the best, the cream of the crop, you know, and we're going to have a premiere for this one short thing. We'll do it on the web. This video, I believe, was released through the come up or dig, but I can't find it anymore because those channels don't exist, which is crazy. This is really sick. Look at this, Pat. Clint here. Uh, Smith hard, Smith easy 180, switch Smith, switch easy 180, switch Smith switch hard, something to that degree. All four Smith 180s. That's sick. Uh, That was pretty good. Hard 180 backwards Smith. Cool, that's me doing the sponsor regrind and doing three to Smith. Kind of sketchy but cool. So what we did is after this video came out, then throughout the winter time, I made each individual section. So at the end of the season, we had a premiere, we had a party, here's the video. And then throughout the winter, every two weeks, I would release, oh, here's Dave's Summer Remix. Here's Pat's Summer Remix. Uh, And these are a lot of the same people that were in the previous video. That's Chris Lanham, a local. So there was a couple people added in, a lot more friends clips because the scene had grown. We were traveling a little bit more. The biggest addition to Breaking Free at this point was Eddie Gabbert. Grab her, grab her. South Jersey cat, ended up being a big piece of BMX for these, these middle years. This bowl you're watching right here was in his grandmother's backyard. So we got to just ride this pool, empty pool, it was awesome. <clears throat> so that was just sick. That was like the, really kind of like the golden age for breaking free BMX. From here, it kind of starts to deteriorate. I'm gonna keep letting this video play out and, I, and I, I'll, Give you the the download from this point out so after this video came out in 2010 a couple things were happening people that i was kind of presenting you know here's all these riders look at you know some people were getting a little bit of love you know so you know he's getting hooked up by this company he's friends with this guy now and it kind of kind of split up the group a little bit there was definitely some conflicts and personality Nothing serious, but you know, like some people want to do these things, some people want to do those things, and it, you know, differences of opinion, difference of, uh, I don't know, lifestyle choices. I'm making it sound more dramatic than it was, but just the group started to fragment a little bit. Some people were getting, you know, like I said, riding with other people and, and had obligations to fulfill content for other companies or whatnot. So it was starting to split a little bit. And then in November of 2010, so this is in between when this video came out and the other edits came out. I uh, I knocked my teeth out, which was uh, not fun. I'm actually gonna, I'll show you a picture of that real quick. There's, there's me, it's on my Facebook. Right, that's where I really knocked out my teeth. It was uh, not a good time, <laughs> as you can see, not fun. My uh, teeth came through my face, broke my nose, fractured my sinus. I knocked out three teeth, I got stitches all in my lip and in my face, and uh, that was really not fun. Back to the video. Uh, additionally, I was starting to have knee problems, which kind of resolved to some degree because after I knocked my teeth out, I didn't ride for a couple months. So that kind of helped me recover. The bike shop burned down in February. <laughs> and. uh then we had to move shops and rebuild and I had like a PTSD kind of thing after knocking my teeth out. So in 2011, there was a lot less riding for me, a lot more working and uh, other projects. Let's watch the last couple of clips here and then we'll go on to the t- 2011 stuff and then and that'll be it for for this first episode of the Breaking Free History. That's Eddie, he's the man. He's just the man. Pat, a little Crook 180, Crook Threader 180. So good, so good. And then this is Brett Taco, just amazing rider, amazing dude. This clip is so sick. You love it, dude, you just no, love to see not it. not at all, my eyes are very... So in 2011, I really didn't ride much. I focused more on working and management stuff and I got into a lot more photo work. So, there's not a whole lot I can show you because a lot of the content I did in the photosphere that was on the internet is gone, which is really sad. Uh, I first had an interview on ridebmx.com and it was like you know it was like ten photos I shot and in a short interview and that was awesome and that was like my big thing holy crap I made it you know and at that point in time BMX website wasn't a big deal it was really about the magazines still and I'll get to magazines in a moment but that was my first one and that was the first establishment relationship with Jeff Z who was the editor of Ride and a photographer I looked up to and so I had an interview on Ride I don't even know the date now because it's gone. A year later, I had a week-long takeover takeover on the comeupbmx.com, which was like the f- site. It was the site, the best BMX site. It was one that everyone cared about. And basically what I got to do is do one photo a day for a week. So every, one every day, one photo, and then I got to write a blurb about the photo, who the rider was, et cetera, where I shot the photo, whatever I wanted it to be. That was a really big deal. And eventually I had a photo series on i think bmx union yeah here uh, actually i do have that so i could we can go show that so hopefully the photo gallery still exists here i don't want ads so apparently they didn't pay their photo bucket so there's watermarks on it but we can just go through these photos real quick that's chase to heart in new brunswick Wow, these are all gonna be cr- because of- wow that sucks so i guess we can't even really look at these this was a 60 40 crook with dan deal wow this is really sad like so i had 20 photos in this series and now they're all watermarked vinnie crispino yeah well that's just kind of sad too <laughs> wow man it's crazy like you feel like the internet's forever but sometimes it's just gone you guys take it for granted you think about all that stuff you're putting on instagram one day it could just be gone the online stuff was cool but back in the day the the thing was print and i was fortunate enough to get into print three times and unlike these websites that disappeared i have the magazines that i had photos published in and i can actually show you them so this is Ride BMX. This is September 2011, issue 175. And this was my first published ad. I'll show you that. That is a Chase to Heart Etnes ad. It's honestly not my best photo. Actually, I don't think it says my name on it. Yeah, it doesn't say my name. Because I just, I sold them the rights to the photo. So they just published it and they could do whatever they want. That was the first one I had published. Um, my second one was, uh, this is March 2013, a little bit later. This is it's ironically Tony Hamlin's on the cover, Kink Rider. This would be issue 189. And this one, I had the inside back cover of the magazine. This is an s ad with Randy Brown. I wonder if I could find it on the, on the web real quick. Because they use this as a print ad and a uh, web ad. going will move this right over here, drop it in, boom. Now you can actually see it. So Randy's actually going from this bank, gapping over here, wall riding over this wall. And you can see right here, it says snibbikes.com, dave raffa photo so that was my second published photo i got paid for both of those that was amazing and those were one thing right cuz the one thing getting an ad is like you know these companies buy ad space they need photos for ad my 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 best one is when you can get published in the in the magazines purely for the quality of the photo and this is what the last one was so this is ride bmx uh, this is November 2014. This is issue 204. And you can see at this point, magazines are dying. This is so thin. The quality of the paper has gone down. The, the, the stock of the paper is thinner. Like Magazines were, were really dying. But this one, will show you that there, is a photo of my friend Jeff with glasses. And he's doing a, it's like a 60-40 double wide crooked grind that was shot in trenton new jersey i probably have the photo on my computer and i probably could show you it in full resolution on the screen this is a sick photo in my opinion um yeah so we got like a 60 40 crook if i could zoom in a little more that's just sick you see he's got His front peg on the higher rail his back peg on the lower rail it's just sick nice nice rim light on the flash hopefully that wasn't too convoluted and confusing if it sucked it sucked I think this experience would be much better on YouTube than listening to it because of the visual nature of this particular episode but hey we're 40 minutes in on the, the basically the history of breaking free and and we're leaving it off on a down note. Well, it was kind of a down note. Knocked my teeth out, bike shop burned down, c- crew was getting kind of fragmented. At that point in time, I'd been at the bike shop for quite a few years. So we're getting to that domain where it's kind of like ready for some change. The next the next video we're going to talk about would be my summer edit because the next video project is basically I'm alone. So that's a whole transition period, but that'll be on the next episode of the history of breaking free. If you have any questions or clarifications, please let me know. And if you want, and, and click those links in the in the description there to watch some of these videos we talked about, because because they're there. You know, a lot of uh, and if any of you younger guys made it this far in the podcast, just think about that. Like, I have photos that were hosted on a website that the websites are gone. Like, I still have the photos, I I can get them all out, but, and I'm sure I have the file where I wrote the captions for the photos, but I can't go back and show you that. But I have these magazines. I have these files for these videos. I own them, they're uploaded on platforms and if they go bye-bye, I can upload them again. If you are a new school rider and you're just posting Instagram reels, if Instagram goes away, so does everything. And you might still have them on your, compu- on your phone, but your phone could break. So for the sake of, for archival reasons, I highly recommend backing up your files and hard drives so you have it. So when you, you, know, you might be 16 now, but when you're my age, when you're pushing 40, You can go back and look at these things and they're there forever and it's not just about the riding it's about the friends it's about your youth it's nostalgia it's um it's bmx or or skating or scootering or whatever it's it's a piece of view forever and you'd like to have those memories forever so do that save save those those images and Videos and and whatnot. So I hope this wasn't too terrible. If you liked it, please let me know. If you disliked it, don't let me know. <laughs> if you would, uh, if you like the whole watching the video and talking about a thing, I can go back and, and I could do plenty of that with the whole sections. I could I could go through a whole video I've made and tell you every spot where it is, what happened, and and some cool stories along the way. But I didn't want this to be an hour long, even though we're forty five minutes long. So anyway, thanks for watching, and uh, I'll see you at the skate park later.